Welcome, everyone, to the Launchpad here in Puckburg, a podcast for the daring do bad and good puck tales on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, with another episode of Puck Tales. Woo woo. <laughs> and the you know who on the other end of that woo hoo is none other than Soroya Tinker of the NWHL, uh, drafted for, uh, with the Metropolitan Riveters, now a member of the Toronto Six. 2021 Dena Lang Award winner, affiliated with the Black Girl Hockey Club, and new ventures coming up. But we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast before we get going. Thank you so much for coming on, Soroya. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and uh, to anyone who is a fan of the NWHL and watching you, like you uh, made the rounds on Twitter, um, you are quite the celebrity these days and for all the right reasons and i am absolutely honored to have you on (laughs) we'll go back to the origins of everything what exactly about hockey was that secured your fandom what was it about the game that you're like this is where i think i'm gonna roll with it (laughs) yeah i think uh i mean i grew up in canada so obviously hockey is pretty popular up here but um at the same time I think it was just the skating. I went skating on the pond with my dad and my my mom um, at the pond down the street from my house. And um, ever since that moment, I just remember loving to skate and loving to be on the ice. And then uh, obviously, once you learn how to skate, it's either you're going figure skating or you're going to play hockey, really. So um, in that sense, I started to play hockey and have played ever since. Um. Was there like a moment that stood out to you when you were at that crossroads of figure skating? Because like growing up, even though I'm in like Birmingham, Alabama, um, like my mom, she was uh, she was raised in Europe and we always watched every figure skating event. But yet I gravitated <laughs> to the, the game of hockey. Do you remember what it was about that fork in the road where you yeah. were like, I think hockey is where I'm going to go. I don't think I want to do figure skating. I don't think that's for me. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously I, I was learning how to skate, but I also did gymnastics um, and was doing competitive gymnastics for a little while. And then they said that I would probably end up being too tall, um, which is correct because I'm about 5'9", 5'10". Um, and, uh, and with that, my dad decided to make me a big defenseman in hockey. So I guess uh, my size is what took me there initially. <laughs> and talk about that road through hockey. Um what was that like? What was that road through the ranks of hockey eventually leading you up to the NWHL? What was that road like for you? Yeah, I think I have always um, had a love for the game. Obviously love being on the ice is definitely um, just something that I found peace in. Um, Unfortunately, I think growing up, I I did uh, have poor experiences in terms of microaggressions and racism in the game and, and kind of learning how to navigate white space, as we say, um, uh, at the rink 
or in the dressing room or with the parents and teammates, whatever it may be. So uh, I think child, like my biggest challenge was, was kind of learning how to fit into that white space and learning what I agreed with and what I didn't agree with. But at the same time, uh, I still worked hard, still wanted to make it as far as I could in hockey. So uh, focused a lot on school. Uh, I've always been a bit of a nerd, I guess. Uh, and I knew I wasn't going to make millions of dollars playing hockey as a professional female hockey player. But um, that's why I chose to go to Yale and get my education. And then after my Yale career, I, I really wasn't sure that I wanted to play anymore. I was kind of finished with it. Um, wasn't really enjoying being at the rink anymore. And trying to navigate white space every day. So um, in that sense, I, I decided that my, I couldn't let my talents go to waste. So I decided to uh, enter the draft and, um, and yeah, be here for the girls behind me and be a role model for other black girls in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things that really gravitated me to your story was the inspiration and where you are in like really a, a great voice for girls that are in your position um, that have to navigate that white space. As you said, it's, it's a part of the game and just how we could get that out of the game and we can level the playing field for men and women um, growing up. And it's just that team aspect that we need to, you know, it's 2021. Let's start acting like it and let's start moving forward. And, um, that's what the it was right before the bubble last year that I really mm-hmm. latched onto your story. I was like, this girl right here. <laughs> and uh it was an absolute honor that we actually got you on to tell your story because I've been a big fan of yours ever since. So uh talk For sure. about, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's uh um it's an absolute honor. Tell me about uh the NWHL experience as well. And we'll go to uh we'll talk about the Black Girl Hockey Club and what you got coming up after this, but I'm interested to hear about the NWHL. I'm a huge supporter. Um, it's one of those that we really kind of started latching on last year, uh, right before yeah. the bubble. And it was really fun. Everybody picking their teams and repping the squads and buying the merch. So tell me what it's like on the other side of the television. What's it yeah. like being in the NWHL? Yeah, I mean, my professional career has only been three games long, but at the same time, I think that we we did have a great time from what I experienced at the bubble. I think that it was really well organized, and um, I think the league's doing a great job of continuing to build the game and continuing to have drafts and sign players and and sell the merch and you know create awareness on TV and and get us seen and get us heard as as uh, as female hockey players just as we deserve. So um, I'm definitely very proud of of the NWHL and I'm proud to be a part of it. And I've, and I've, one of the things that really stood out to me about the whole NWHL experience, how you talked about growing up and occupying that white space, the NWHL is about as inclusive as you could possibly get when it comes to fan bases and players it is a warm loving family and if you I mean you can watch the Zamboni in the middle (laughs) of the periods and it's just it's a love fest for everyone that's in there and it is such a warm and pure environment and I absolutely love what the NWHL is doing not just with the teams but with fan engagement and bringing literally everybody into the game because hockey is for everyone yeah 
<laughs> for sure. I, I think that what they're doing is great. And I'm, I'm excited to be able to be part of another organization um, with the Toronto Six now. So I'm, I'm excited to take that back to my, my hometown and, and kind of show off, show off uh, my skills there. Yeah, I, I was about to mention that. Uh, what, what is it like to uh, have that door open where you get to play back in your hometown? I know that's got to be exhilarating. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. My parents don't have to drive 10 hours to watch me play anymore. And um, I can be there and my little brother can watch me and things like that. Um, and also my friends and, and things. So uh, I think it's it's going to be great. And I'm, I'm super excited that I'm having the opportunity to play for my hometown. And I'm glad the NWHL was able to make that expansion. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And um, this is one of those years that if you're listening to this episode right now, and you don't yet have an NWHL team, I highly suggest do some research. And this is the year you want to get on board because it is an absolute blast. Yeah. Uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about the Black Girl Hockey Club? Um, I know you are heavily involved with that. Please, the, the floor yeah. is yours. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, Black Girl Hockey Club is um, an organization led by Renee Hess, um, and she really just wanted to form a community for Black women who love the game to come together and watch and be able to cheer together. But it's turned into something much bigger. Um, they're now a nonprofit organization, and I actually work specifically with the scholarship committee. So each semester, we give out scholarships, um, $5,000, $3,000, $1,000 scholarships, and um, we're able to help these young black women in the game that want to want to thrive and want to participate, help them afford the game uh, and help develop their love. And um, it's really been a great space for for my girls to come to and, and for us to give out scholarships. And it's uh, it's really a joy. And it's and that's the thing I really love about your story. You're not just breaking through and um, making it all the way to the NWHL, but you're also paying it forward and you're not just breaking through, but you're blazing trails and you've got a whole new generation of Soroya Tinkers coming in right behind you. And that's, yeah. that's absolutely incredible. And I love everything you guys do. Um, I'm a huge supporter with that. So I love everything you guys do. And I'm glad you got to come on here and tell that story, which also leads to new ventures you have coming up. If you'd like yeah. to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So um, I was asked to be the host of a podcast. Uh, it's called Shut Up and Play. And I get to talk to athletes who have been activists and have spoken up in their sport and have really um, been a voice for those who've been silenced uh, within our country and within North America. So um, I'm super excited to talk to other athlete activists, just as um, I, I try to, you know, keep up with my activism myself and really stand for what I believe in. Um, but yeah, so we're interviewing Olympians, um, team owners, team GMs, players, staff, things like that. And I'm, I'm learning so much and I'm super excited for our first episode to come out July 13th. Yeah, and absolutely. And we'll give you a chance to throw out all the socials for not just you, but also uh, stand up and play. Um, I mean, shut up and play the black girl hockey club. We'll throw out all the socials at the end, but before we wrap this up, I want to thank you again for everything that you're doing in the sport, everything you're doing for generations behind you. Um, you get nothing but mad respect for me. Um, it was an absolute honor to get you on here in Puckburg and tell your story. Um, for those who want to hear not just Soroya's story, but everyone else that we've had on in the past. And if you would like to come on as well, um, you can follow us on Twitter at HPuckburg 
or on Instagram here underscore n underscore Puckberg. And Soroya, go ahead, throw out all your socials so everybody go find you and follow your story going into this next season of the NWHL. Yeah, so I am Soroya Tinker 71 on all forms of social, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I run my mentorship program, which is Soroya Strong. And then my podcast can, all that information can be found at shutupandplaypodcast.com. Again, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you everyone for uh, allowing us the time to share this story. And I hope this means something to you going forward and that you also get on the NWHL bandwagon and support these ladies going forward. So again, thank you so much for coming on and everyone else. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you again right here in Puckburg.